0: From Koningstein Road in the east to Cetus Gap in the west, an orange curtain has descended across the Ojai Valley. This is Ojai Talk of the Town. Hey everyone, Brett Bradigan, editor of your Ojai magazine, the monthly and quarterly. Our guests this episode, Catherine Meek and Polly Nelson, are here from the Ojai Women's Fund which uh, now is in its eighth year. It's a giving circle, but one with lots of layers and 400 members. Another one of those opportunities to really demonstrate to people, to tell and show the incredible social infrastructure here in Ohio but also to talk about the need and how it's being addressed. Anyway, enjoy. Hey, Polly. Hey, Catherine.
1: Hello. Hi there.
0: Thanks for joining me.
2: Our pleasure. We're Absolutely. We're here to talk about
0: the Ojai Women's Fund. This is now, what, about seven or eight years this has been going on?
2: This is actually the eighth year. We're coming up to the eighth year. Eighth year, year. Yeah.
0: yeah. I remember when it happened. Karen Evenden is a friend of mine. So ah, you know, okay. She's... She brought that idea to Ohi.
2: She certainly did.
0: Yeah. So now you're in the grant or request for proposal stage. Is that right?
2: Well, we're not quite there yet. We've sent out um, announcements that we will be having grant training soon. So we're not in the grant. uh, We're about to start grant training um, April 18th. Mm -hmm. And then the grant cycle starts May 1. And it'll go through June 16th.
0: So, what is that, like six weeks? Mm-hmm. About a six weeks turnaround, yes. For people to get it together? Mm-hmm. And then when do you announce? Then you get the requests, and then what's the process from there?
1: So, um, the process is that uh, Catherine and I are the ones who receive the grants, um, oh, and our yeah. role is to. You're the
0: gatekeepers.
1: Yeah. Ah, we're the gatekeepers. <laughs> That's us. We make sure that um, all the materials have been received from each of the nonprofits. Um, we don't actually evaluate the applications. That's not our You're role. Just we just them. make sure it's organized. And then we have five grant research teams that are split up by the five categories that we focus on, which are... Five grant research categories. Mm-hmm. Okay. There's arts, education, environment, health, and social services. Okay. And each team has a team coordinator and about four team members. So there's five people in total in each category. Wow. And they're the ones who actually take in then the grant applications. And they assess the grant applications and go through a rigorous criteria overview Um Everything from the mission of the organization, what is, what is, what, how much are they asking for? What is it that we might, uh, What what is it that they want to accomplish with the money? How will they measure their results? Um, yeah. So there's a lot that's gone through. And then mm-hmm. they take a first pass on that and narrow it down to several, um, at least two, maybe a few more that they want to visit and take, do a site visit with and do interviews. And then they narrow it down to two that are then put before the members to
2: the entire vote.
0: membership. Mm-hmm. And so, so the, five grants.
2: Well, there's Total. usually more than five. For the last couple of years, mm-hmm. we've actually granted seven mm-hmm. uh, organizations grants to seven okay, organizations. So more
0: than one in some categories it yes. depends Correct. on the quality it, and the need.
2: Mm-hmm. No, actually, well, it depends on that, but it also depends on how much money we have. Yeah, and how much money each. Uh, application, applicant asks for. So sure.
1: The grants range from, range from five dollars to
0: $15,000. Okay. And how many proposals uh, typically? I mean, typically about 35. Things have changed 35. since the pandemic, I'm sure. Yeah, uh, but typically about 35. All Valley. Ojai Valley-based.
2: Well, they're not necessarily Ohio Valley-based, but they have to provide services within the Ohio Valley. Oh, yes. So they could be based in Ventura, for instance, but... Um, really, they have the Ventura to provide Community services foundation and
0: other agencies that oversee some of the projects in ohio social service type projects especially so what is the you know the um what was i going to ask the amount now it used to be for a membership in the women's fund and i don't know what it is now it was like $1000 be- It basically actually, gives you a seat at the table
2: well it gives you a vote yeah. but it is a hundred dollars to become a member. Okay. To have a vote, you have to have raised a thousand dollars. So that could be ten hundred dollars or one, one thousand dollars.
0: Yeah. So, for one vote.
2: Yes. For one vote, it's a thousand dollars.
0: And you can pool your resources. say, yes. An office that has, you know, people who want to have some say or direction mm-hmm. in the Granting process. they can
2: Exactly.
0: And then decide how they want to use that vote.
2: Yes, that's exactly right. And the, uh, within the groups themselves, let's like say there's 10 women in the group, they go through a pretty uh, rigorous process themselves in terms of who are we going to vote for. Of these two in social yeah. services, for instance, um, how will we vote for them?
0: And how mm-hmm. many voting members do you have?
2: Uh, 400. Yeah, over 400 400 members. voting members? Yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. So. Yep.
0: That's a minimum of $400,000.
2: Well, it doesn't quite work like that. We have 400 individual members. They don't oh, okay. all have a vote.
0: Oh, I, I was wondering how
1: many voting members.
2: Oh, voting members, we have probably about 100.
1: I, I don't know the answer to that, yeah, actually.
2: I, it's actually, yeah. I think it's a little bit less because last year we gave out about uh nine, 90,000. And the year before nice. that, too.
0: Yeah, uh, when we first started, it was... 100 vote? no, 50 voting members they, that the Women's Fund had.
2: So that's almost that's, doubled. That's in, grown significantly, Yeah, that's, right. that's great. Yeah, yeah, it is great.
1: I think one of the things that um, I find really interesting about the way that Karen and um, Peggy Russell and Kyle mm-hmm. Crowner, how they conceived the Women's Fund is fairly unusual. Uh, most of these types of giving circles are not collaborative in this giving fashion. Giving circle, that's the word I was looking yeah, and for. Their tip, yeah. That's what they're called um, you know, as, as a um, setup. So usually they're individual members, and the threshold is fairly high. Um, so it's not unusual. Yeah, more than
0: $1,000 typically. Easily.
1: Huh? Yeah. And so part of the mission of the Women's Fund is, um, inclu- so there's the piece about we want to make sure that we are supporting our nonprofits that provide services in the Ohio Valley. But there's also a piece about engaging women in philanthropy and teaching women mm. philanthropy. And so by doing that, you, you make it something that you have an access to at a different level. Um, and $100 in a year can be a lot for someone, but it's oh, yeah. something that really you know allows you to participate. Um, and so there's options for how people want to participate, which I think is brilliant.
0: Yeah. Now, I believe, if I recall correctly, the first uh, model that uh, Karen Evenden brought back to Ohio was from Seattle. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, correct. And that was probably much larger than Ohio.
2: Yes, yes. Yeah. And there are lots of, I mean, there are hundreds of women's giving circles now throughout yeah. the United States. It's
0: been, uh, there's a precedent for that. I think it goes back to like the progressive movement at the very beginning of the 20th century, very early 1900s. This was a. Uh, Phenomenon that came out of like the Hull House in Chicago, if you guys remember. Well, you wouldn't remember that was like 150 years ago. Jane Addams.
2: <laughs> yeah, we're not quite that old. Yeah. Right. Jane
0: Addams <laughs> and so forth. Yeah. So it's interesting that it's sort of making its way back because one of my themes is the erosion of the civic infrastructure, mm-hmm. the social infrastructure. I was very much taken with that book, Bowling Alone. It came out in 2000. Robert Putnam, the Harvard sociologist, measured the decay of public confidence and trust and, you know, the institutions and so forth. And it was like bowling leagues was his avatar for that. And people don't bowl anymore. They don't bowl in leagues. And I remember my parents, you know, my dad was a grape digger and a farmer. He wasn't anything special, but he was in... You know, three bowling leagues sometimes in the winter, and then, you know, he served on the, at the ward in the village, volunteer firemen, you know, the American Legion, organizing the parades and so forth, and right. you don't see that much of that so much anymore.
2: It's true. And I think the Ohio Women's Fund, one of the wonderful advantages is that you're around a group of women that you get to know and become friends with. And um, it's a wonderful um, organization for that too.
0: Yeah, I can see that. So tell us about some of the grants that maybe stick out in your mind that you've granted in the past. How long have Polly and Catherine, how long have you been? with the
2: Women's Fund? Um, I've been a member for five years, and I've been part of the uh, grants committee for two years as co-chair, probably too.
1: So, yeah, so I've been a member for four years, and then I um, was on research teams for two years, and this this is my first year on the steering committee as a co-chair with Catherine.
0: And you're going to have to organize all these 35, 40 or more projects and get them sorted and out we're uh, very right.
1: organized we'll be fine that, is that that's, why you yes. signed up for this job
0: were you signed up for it or, or did you sign up for it were you steered into it
2: it was a little bit of steering there yes yeah.
0: <laughs> by who if you want to name no
2: theirs? no names no names at all
1: uh, actually it was for for me it was karen um so um, she, she and i went out to lunch and when I left lunch, I was like, oh, I think I'm going to be on the steering committee, which I'm very yeah. happy about, actually. Um, and I'm happy to serve, more than happy. Um, so I'm glad that, to have that opportunity.
0: Sure. Yeah, back to grants that you've done. What are some of the, maybe some of the more salient ones that, That uh, come to mind?
2: I I mean, I think every grant that we've given has been, uh, for me, going through the process. And like um, Polly, I was part of a research team as well. I was on the social services uh, research team. And just to read all those grant applications and the wonderful things that are being done, um, they're all deserving. Yeah, um, I know,
0: but you can talk about well, one I, or two just to get I can
2: talk example. about one that okay, I received, sure. my organization received, and that helps. Sure. Um, I was the executive director of an organization called School on Wheels. Oh, yes. <clears throat> and we applied. I think you've been
0: to our Rotary Club like some years ago. I did. I worked, yeah. That's
2: true. And we applied. We had a um, CSEC, it's called, house. It's actually in the Ohio Valley. And it was for uh, young girls who were trafficked. And so oh, we mm. applied for a grant for that because it was really the only services we had in the Ohio Valley. And it was amazing. Uh, we got a grant of $10,000, and that allowed us to provide transportation. It allowed us to provide uh, um, supplies, laptops, and so on for the girls who were there. And these are girls that were 12 to 16 Ooh, who had been sexually. In, in ohio In the Ohio Valley.
0: Wow. Yes. That's not that's something that you wouldn't even think about. No, LA. I know. I know. Yeah, really. Um, but that made a, that. a
2: tremendous difference to those girls and oh, to yeah. and to the organization. It helped us tremendously and helped them. And we've had a couple of the girls who were there who now work in Ohio in oh, nice. organizations in Ohio, So we know we helped them. So that was Yeah. I that's a personal story I can tell you about. But That's lovely. There are wonderful wonderful grants. Yeah. Anything, Polly?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Um, One of the ones that um, I wanted to bring out was the Lake Casitas Rowing Association received a grant for two years, um, and they are working with um, juniors who are interested in trying rowing before making a commitment for an entire season, and these are typically um, young people who don't have the resources to necessarily participate without having a scholarship. Um, I also like the fact that they offer adaptive rowing for individuals with special needs. Um, so they basically um, provide places where they sign up individuals who, um, in their communities, with through postings, um, and through and signs. And referrals, I would And imagine. referrals as well. Um, and um, they taught 200 new kids to row. Um, Just uh, this, last l- l- this last season? This last season, yeah. which is great. Um, and... Um, so my husband and I have lived in Ohio for five years, and one of the first things that we tried, of all the many things you can do, um, we went out to Lake Casitas on a Sunday morning. where They have a really active adults program. I thought
0: it was Saturday morning.
1: It was Sunday, I think. Mm. And maybe it's changed.
0: Well, no, maybe it's more than one. It could be. Yeah.
1: Um, and I would just like to say from my own experience, it's challenging, and it requires yeah. a lot of teamwork and cooperation and communication. Sure. Maybe more fitness and than I had at the time. Rowing, how many... Uh,
0: <laughs> What's the crew? Is it like I six? Don't, or I don't recall. Eight?
1: I don't recall. It was a one-time thing, and my point is, <laughs> is is that, um, is that it, I think, and that's part of what they're doing with the Lake Casitas Rowing Association. It's more than just showing them that it's not an elite sport. It's also the skills you gain well, it's from a working cooperatively. Workout, yeah. Absolutely. So.
0: And to do it with a crew, that's a lot of coordination that goes on. Yes, sure. it is. I know during the pandemic, they actually did. Well, which might seem counterintuitive, but it's a very healthy outdoor sport. Right. And we right. had a story in the magazine, I don't know, a couple of years ago about, I forget the name of the couple that organizes that.
1: Um, Wendy Gillette. Yes, Wendy and Gillette. And I don't remember, call her husband's name.
0: Yeah, but they really made that happen. If it wasn't mm-hmm. for them, it wouldn't happen. They're amazing. And not just right. people from Ojai. They come from all over to row at Casitas. Right, right. People from Santa Barbara and Oxnard and Camarillo and... Yeah, it's, and it's really um, just good, healthy outdoor activity. Isn't it amazing, though, how much leverage you can get from a relatively modest amount of money?
2: It is amazing to me. When you combine um, the amounts that we have, you can make a significant difference that you just can't make on your own. $100, yeah. you know, yes, it's okay, but $10,000 makes a significant difference to an organization, particularly smaller uh, yeah. Non-profit
0: organizations, because you're mostly working volunteers to volunteers. No, no paid staff on the Women's Fund whatsoever. None. Everybody All is volunteering. Correct. Yeah. Correct. And you say 400 members. Total...
2: 400 individual members. Yes. Wow. That's Another... a
0: significant portion of the women in Ojai. If you stop <laughs> and think about it, there's only it is an entire valley. It's probably less than 20,000 now. They they used to say oh 30,000 people. But if you actually start adding it up, it goes down and down and down. And mm-hmm. Ohio is getting fewer because it's just too expensive here. Right, right. Yeah. So, it's it even expensive. more important for the social infrastructure.
2: Yeah. I think the um, one of the grants that I remember, and I work with um, kids experiencing homelessness, but this was a grant to help the Ohio Valley Family Shelter.
0: Okay. So
2: they had um, Rick Rain, is he still there? Uh, okay. No, he's not. Mm-hmm. Um, but they had uh, bought an old bus, and they wanted to convert it into a shower bus. Um, into a what bus? A bus for showers. Oh, gotcha, sure, sure. Mobile and shower facility. Yes, yeah, so we gave them a grant, and they were able to completely restore this bus, and it's now, it's used every year now. It's a an amazing grant, and... Um, you know, just to have a shower and get clean yeah, socks make a big, and big difference in your attitude. a huge difference in your attitude. Yes, exactly. Yeah.
0: Now, are the grants women to women? You don't exclude organizations that are not just helping women.
2: Do you <laughs> no, help? no, no, no. You have to be a woman to be a member. But you don't have to be a woman to receive a grant.
0: Yeah. So the men of Ojai, there's nothing stopping you from creating a giving circle either.
2: (laughs) (laughs) There you go. Well, I'm also,
0: um, you know, thinking about uh, what was the organization? Oh, well, I was on the Film Society Board, which is not the same as a festival. It's the ones we used to do, those weekly screenings in Ojai every Sunday afternoon. I love those. But then when the theater shut down in 2014, that was the end of it. Mm
2: Mm-hmm.
0: But um, yeah, we hear a plane going by, 1654, I'll make a little note, try to excise that. But the um, film contest that we did for students, we just got a grant from my Rotary Club, like 750 bucks, which doesn't sound like much, but before we would get like eight or 12 submissions for the film festival or for the film contest from the local schools, mostly from Besant Hill because they had an actual filmmaker on faculty or a couple that was the filmmakers. But that $750 paid for a young man who just got out of school to help organize the festival and go help these kids put their films together and doing the editing and give them some of the knowledge because he actually wasn't above the line person making you know helping Mm. with independent films so it went up to like 40 some films that we got into that and then there was like 250 dollars left over so they did little speakers fees you know a modest stipend of like 50 bucks for well-established screenwriters and directors to come into the classroom and talk to the kids Mm. all that for 750 bucks yeah, I mean I can spend more than that in like, you know, the coffee shop in a month.
2: <laughs> Must be good coffee.
0: No, <laughs> yeah, I'm just bad at spending money. So, what was the impetus for you to get in? You said Karen, Shanghai you, Holly, yeah, and Catherine who was your
2: Yes. I actually um, joined, I went to the very first meeting that Karen Evenden and uh, Kyle Croner and Peggy at the and Russell had. Club. At the Women's Club, yeah. yeah. And I was um, there too. Oh, were you? Okay. I felt a little
0: out of place. <laughs> I think I was the president of the Rotary that year it was why huh. they invited me.
2: So I was at that meeting and got very excited by it. And so that was kind of my first introduction. I actually didn't join um until about 3 years later as a member. I got mm-hmm. involved in other stuff and then I became a member and I saw all the wonderful stuff that uh, Ohio Women's Fund was doing. And I loved the women in it too. Yeah. So it was both, that was the impetus for me.
0: And are you how do you get the word out like for membership? I'm thinking more so than grants. Do people find you? Is it just referrals, word of mouth?
2: I think lots of word of <laughs> mouth. Paul, <yeah. laughs>
1: Excuse me, there's a lot of word of mouth. And I know that over the course of, we're currently um, signing up members through June 30th, because we need to know um, how much grant-giving potential we have this year. And so that will be publicized through our marketing group, and they will get that out in a number of different ways. Um, There's opportunity to attend a special event. They do social media. Um,
0: Now, isn't there an event coming? I saw something
1: in
2: Mm -hmm. April. A wonderful event,
1: yes. It's on April 13th, and it's um, an event that's titled Vision for Our Valley. Um, Through philanthropy, and Joan Kemper will be speaking, as well as Vanessa Bechtel and Carlene Pardinas from the Ventura County Community Foundation. Vanessa
0: is the executive director of the foundation. Yes.
1: (laughs) She's supposed to be a spectacular speaker.
0: Um, Yeah, I've heard her. She's energetic, yeah. Good. But Joan Kemper, I mean, she's pretty (laughs) Amazing. She's an icon, exactly. I think she's coming up on 101 here before too long. That's uh, quite impressive that she's mm-hmm. public speaking at yeah, that age. Yeah, definitely. You know? Yeah. Well, you think about what it takes to make a community work, and, I mean, there's not that many Ohios out there, really. Mm-hmm. You can just feel the, the erosion of trust and mm. fellowship in this country, not just us, but everywhere in the yeah. world. There's a lot of reasons for it. I, social media is so divisive, It's really. It was meant to bring us together. It does not. It's just confirmation bias, just silos of people either agreeing with each other or yelling at each other. There's no persuasion. Yeah.
1: I thought that your opening um, letter in the last issue of the quarterly that you're being the light and not the heat. I thought that was a good way to put it.
0: Yeah. Unfortunately, heat works better than light, I found. It's not one of the darker parts of human nature but you do what comes to your temperament and i'm not a shouter or a shaker or a fist it's just it doesn't work for me
2: although i'm always amazed at how well-known ohi is um i mm. was in scotland in a little tiny place called finthorn
0: i know where i've heard the finthorn garden yeah really? um, i cannot remember that guy's name but i had one of his books about all the sprites and the fairies and the. Little creatures.
2: <laughs> well, it's a similar. There is community an Ohi
0: connection to, to Ojai. that, but I don't remember what it is. It's Catherine. Well, my, no, my well, connection besides was that, that's two connections.
2: Visiting Finthorn and I went into the little bookstore, and I was talking to the woman there, and she asked where we were from, and I said a little place called Ohi, and she said, "I went to Ohi for a visit for two weeks, and I stayed for ten years." Oh my
1: goodness!
2: <laughs> like, wow. That's great, huh. yeah. And
0: then she ended up at Findhorn. Mm-hmm. Do you know her story, like how did that I happen? I do not know. I wish I could remember. The fact that it even came up uh, surprises me. But I'm familiar with that whole ecosystem. Unknown caller. Sorry about that. So, yeah, what, what, uh, you know, how did you end up in Ohio, Catherine? You come from? where in scotland uh glasgow okay oh so. yeah
2: born and raised there went to university there um emigrated to philadelphia and oh, wow. yes That's quite a
0: different accent there oh, yeah. or-
2: <laughs> yes it yeah, is. are you gonna
0: <laughs> yeah well glasgow accent i i was you know in england for four years and scouse i yeah. can't i can't understand that i did love uh there was that Movie "Shallow Grave" with Owen McGregor. Oh yes, uh huh. And then there was the uh, "Train Spotting," oh, the yeah. Irving Welsh novels. Oh, indeed. Yeah, is that your Glasgow or is a different Glasgow for no, you? No,
2: that would probably be part of my Glasgow, yes, yeah. for sure.
0: So you've seen some of the the underbelly. The, I have indeed. I Demi-Monde. was.
2: I was born in a place called the Gorbals, which is renowned. It's kind of like uh, I guess it would be equivalent to a ghetto here, and yeah. that's where I grew up. So, yes, I know the underbelly very well.
0: And how did you escape? It has quite a gravitational pull. Education. What did your parents
2: do? My father was an upholsterer, and my mother was a homemaker. Uh, There were five kids, and um, education was her big push. Yeah. She was a really smart woman and had to leave school at 13 to support her family. So for her, it was... The key and out the, yeah, was education. Yeah, so was going to
0: make sure this was uh, vicarious. Yeah, indeed, make sure and we
2: all went to college. We all went to university. All in, five of us in
0: uh, in the United Kingdom.
2: Uh, yeah, one sister in Canada, but yeah. Okay,
0: and what what was what
2: school was that? I went to the University of Glasgow.
0: And it was at uh, was that an old campus? It seems like I haven't been to Glasgow since like nineteen eighty something.
2: Okay, it was built in the 14, 13th, thirteenth fourteenth century. Oh, okay. So it's pretty old.
0: And is it near the the uh, shipyards and so forth? When I think of Glasgow, I just think of all the bristles of the masts and everything. It's yeah. like such an interesting community.
2: Yeah. Clyde Bank. Clyde is yeah. where all the shipbuilding was, yeah.
0: And how important that was in World War 2
2: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Now the... My
2: ahead. grandmother, little aside, my grandmother and aunt worked on the Queen Mary Oh wow. And it's Building it, it?
0: or is they like, were
2: French polishers. Do oh, you know what that is? No. Okay. So that is somebody a fine refinisher, antique finishing on um furniture. Yeah. And they come over to visit me once and I took them to the Queen Mary when it was in Long Beach. Long Beach. Beach. And well, they is actually it still
0: not in Long Beach? I
2: think it is, yeah. yeah. They took me and showed me where they did their work. All nice. the areas where they did their work. Yeah, it was that was that was a wonderful experience. Yeah.
0: Yeah! Wow, I just imagine coming from Scotland to OI. That's quite a journey. Well, there was
2: a few places in yeah, between. Yeah, well, how, got me. me used to it. Tell me. <laughs> so uh, Philadelphia was where I um, really had my career, and then I moved for career purposes out to Los Angeles and spent twenty plus years in Los Angeles doing what? Um, consulting. Had a consulting firm and um, consulting
0: what business?
2: It was strategic planning, organization design, compensation management. Not total quality management stuff, was Not it? total quality, no. No?
0: Total not, compensation, uh, maybe. Yeah. Well, when I was in the military, that was the big thing. That am uh, trying to remember his name that was um, much more influential in Japan than he was in America after uh, World War II. Not and Peter they, Drucker. Not Peter no. Drucker, but of that... Before Peter Drucker, even Tony, Ellis Harmon, or shoot, I'm not I'm blanking on his name. But anyway, it was a time and a service after the embarrassments of our overseas misadventures in Vietnam, especially. And they're just rebuilding from the ground up. Mm-hmm. And it was kind of fun. I you know, was in the headquarters office for a while, just an enlisted guy, but to be privy to those discussions and mm-hmm. consultants were a big. Coming and going, getting their rations and everything, I'd have to manage their their traffic <laughs> flow. It was interesting. I never really understood what it was that they did exactly. <laughs> what about SWAT sessions? You always do any SWAT? Oh, of sessions? course, of course. <laughs> I still i I have always gotten good value out of those strength, weaknesses, opportunities, and threats analysis. Did you do you do that
2: for the Absolutely. Women's Fund? You've
0: Done, uh, no, we planning. haven't done
2: that for the Women's Fund. There's a good idea, Paula. That is a good idea. Yeah.
0: I think it's important to step back, not even every year, just every four or five years, to just get your three hundred you know, thirty-five foot view and try to understand not just what you're doing but where you're heading and what's well, keeping there is you Well,
2: there is a lot of planning goes on, um, and we've had a couple of retreats um, to talk about planning as well. So it's, yeah, I think it's a very progressive, forward looking organization. It's always yeah. looking to kind of improve, improve the process, improve what, the grants. What, what is
0: the sort of, or what are some of the findings or the observations or insights that the Women's Fund has about OHI and what's going on here? Changes and trends and so forth, Any, anything?
1: I, frankly, I, I am so new to the steering committee, I haven't sat in on any of those sessions. I don't know that no. I could speak for the Women's Fund on that, frankly.
2: I I think there's a lot of learning goes on. I think that Karen Evenden, for instance, and... Um, The other women on the executive committee and the steering committee are very forward-thinking. We've looked at different ways of encouraging people to join. Looked at different ways of grant applications. Looking at how often they're given, what criteria to use. Um, It's a it's a really um, robust evaluation of grants, which I think is a good thing.
0: The application process is so daunting for some people that. Deserving projects go unfunded, whereas some of the larger organizations that can afford either to pay a grants coordinator or have that expertise in house have a leg up, and many good projects just un- underfunded or unfunded altogether.
2: Yeah, I think there is some truth to that. We do have a training program that we encourage all of the nonprofits to attend, which is really training and in- Terms of how to complete the grant application, there how you know. to write. How many? Like, tell me what grant. is
0: the grants? What, what is how many pages and what is it that you're looking for? How many for? pages? Yeah, like um,
2: how how daunting is it? It's it's not that daunting, and particularly if you come to the training program, it will not be anywhere near as daunting if you yeah. don't. Um, it's not, it's a fairly simple, we try and streamline it every year. We're just, we just streamlined it again this year and we try and make it as simple and straightforward as possible. Yeah. Um, we, I think there's a lot of, um, I, you know, trust, uh, philanthropy is a big thing in philanthropy just now. Mm-hmm.
0: No, you have to tell me about that. You mean, uh, trusts that are set up for family foundations no, and no, so no. forth? No, uh,
2: no, no. Trust in the
0: organization. Oh, meaning that. The reputable, reputation.
2: Well, that if you're going to give somebody a grant, you should trust the organization that they know better, they know how to spend the money, and you shouldn't um, micromanage the grant. And and or
0: bring your set of biases or preferences into it. Correct, correct.
2: And I think Ohio Women's Fund has been very forward-thinking in terms of that, too.
0: And what... You know, say five to fifteen thousand. Why? Why that amount? Why not one eighty thousand dollar grant?
2: It's an alternative. I think we like to spread the money around a little I, bit yeah. more than that and give everybody an opportunity. There's so many yeah. needy organizations. I, I mean, think we, we have one
1: hundred and seven organizations that we email out to every year. Um, and we actually, actually, this year we took it up. We did some additional research, went in and looked through actually through the. Um, through this uh, California Lutheran um, and their Center for Nonprofit Leadership. Oh, yes. They um, keep a, I'm
0: not going to remember the lady's name, but uh, she's very dynamic. She is. Um, not, Dina,
1: Jensen. Dina, Dina Jensen. Dina Jensen. Right.
0: Yeah. Okay. So we
1: went back with them and said, here's who we have on our list. Are we missing anyone that serves the Ojai Valley? Um, and so we scrubbed through Charity Navigator to say, is there anybody that we're missing? So we want to make sure that we're really getting, yeah. you know, and, and, and there is 107 that serve the Ohio Valley. It's Pretty amazing, actually.
0: Yeah. Well, there used to be, well, that served the Ojai Valley. There's something like close to 300 or 290, some 501c3 organizations in Ojai. Many of them, though, are just mailboxes. Right. For example, I'd like to get this lady on the podcast, Dr. Lori Marker, and she comes here once a year or used to for fundraising. I don't think she has lately. Her thing is teaching farmers in Namibia to coexist with cheetahs, the Cheetah Conservation Fund, Whoa. here in Ojai. Who would have thunk?
1: Right. But There's because you're based there. here, actually, is not is not a criteria. It's right. that you serve here.
0: Yes, absolutely. Yeah. But 107 organizations serving Ojai, and well over twice that many who just use Ojai for their mail drop, mm-hmm. which... Fascinates me. Why Ojai? Why would be so... Is there something about the allure of that address or something? I don't know. Because most of the organizations I know don't seem to have a leg up from being in Ojai as opposed to being anywhere else. Mm -hmm. Are you guys familiar with Mesa Farms? Dan Parziel? They just started. Yeah, Yeah, I know. uh, I had him on the podcast a while ago, and I see that is what you were talking about with trafficking and homelessness and the foster care system is... These, right. you know, gaps in the uh, safety net, these tatters.
2: So I think MESA is for kids who have um, are out of the foster system. That's right. That that it, yeah, yeah, have that's aged out. Yeah.
0: yeah. But there's some some real hard luck cases there. Yeah. And that's like, for some of them, it may be too late to intervene and set them on a proper trajectory. Others, it may be just even knowing that somebody who, somebody, you know, it could right. be just that simple. Yeah,
2: absolutely.
1: It, it is yeah. interesting. Um, I know um, Catherine probably knows more than I do, but
2: you know, about everything to, or just Everything, about this, this, <laughs> absolutely, one hundred percent. But but people
1: that young people that come out of the foster system, um, it is a. Fast track to homelessness and also incarceration. Oh yeah. Um, And so it is. It is. You know, once they've aged out, it's very, very difficult. Um, One of the things that um, I do is work with non. Apart from the Women's Fund, I have worked with nonprofits on things like strategic planning and executive coaching, um, and several of them have focused um, on serving youth. Um, in that situation and for me it was an eye-opener as I started doing that kind of work because I come out of a for-profit background and retired and started volunteering with an organization that um, increases capacity with nonprofits through volunteer like my, volunteers like myself who volunteer our time to do those yeah. that work um, and it is it is stunning to your point about the social safety net yeah. No well,
0: question. tell me about you, Polly. Where'd you grow up, and how'd you get
1: well, to Ojai? Well, I'm a, I'm a Southern California girl. Um, I got like to Ojai, Los Angeles. Um, Los Angeles. Uh, most of it in the San Gabriel Valley. Okay. Moved here. Whittier. No, well, Rosemead. There you go. South Pasadena. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, South Pasadena. Well, Altadena is that considered a San Gabriel? It Would is. Would that be the very top?
1: It is the top. And
0: then it goes down to like Santa Fe Springs or something. No. No. Nope. That's on the other side. The I think it's a six oh five. No. No, that's Long Beach. <laughs> five sixty two area code. That's Long Beach. I don't Beach. know. I don't remember now. I don't. It's all kind of like one massive, one development after another. It is. Yeah.
1: So my in-laws moved here um, in 1980, the year that my husband and I got married, and
0: Wait a minute. your in-laws moved here to Ojai in
1: 1980. Okay. And. Um, and my mother in law, um, she was widowed a long time ago, but she decided at the age of 96 that she didn't want to live on her own anymore, where she was doing very well. So she moved into the Gables, um, and mm. we ended up buying her house. And she is the oldest resident at the Gables at this point. Wow. She's 101.
0: That's fantastic. So <laughs> she
1: is pretty amazing. So yeah. it's been if we, good role know, model amazing and yeah. so we've been back and forth for years um and our kids went to you know the water park at lake Casitas when they came to stay with grandma and so yeah. when she
0: we call it Bee central no wasp central because anytime you even like unwrap a sandwich it's gonna be a <laughs> of hornet's on you
1: so we really enjoyed we you know did remodel the house and have dived in and really love it here
0: and how many years full-time now five five yes yeah. nice. so. so you got your sleeves rolled up right away huh?
1: Yeah, actually, had the opportunity, which has yeah. been really lovely. And what was
0: your professional career? You said it was executive coaching?
1: No, I actually was um, I was a retail executive. Um, and um,
0: when you say retail, I think like eye magnets or
1: Nordstrom's. Well, I went to work not long after I got out of college. I worked for Doug and Susie Tompkins at a spree in the 80s.
0: Oh, wow. Which was North Face. Yeah. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> I read that book. Uh, I can't a, wild remember, a, life, a wild idea. A wild idea. Yeah, yeah,
1: that is a great book. And, um, and then I
0: had Rick uh, Ridgeway on the podcast not great. that long ago. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real story. And it what, is How a story. sad. I mean, Rick was mm-hmm. on a kayak that I know. went down. He he could easily. He was seconds from dying. And yeah. Rick was seconds from being rescued. It was just <laughs> wow. It is really a story. Really crazy. So you worked with him in San Francisco. I thought that's um, where he started.
1: I actually was in Los Angeles and I, um, opened and ran the Los Angeles superstore, um, when I was hired. And then I, um, oversaw the retail division after a certain point for it. And I was there for about eight years.
0: Nice. And then you had some Patagonia, um, sort of connection to that just because they're all part of the same family. Ish. Yeah.
1: Ish. So, um, and I worked for Disney after that for a long time and, uh. Was great um, during their heyday, and um, well,
0: they're still having a heyday. I, th- I feel like
1: they do. The stores are gone, though.
0: Oh, I got you retail. Yeah, yeah.
1: so so that was uh, yeah, so that, and then um, the uh, last eight years I worked, I um, ran a duty free business for a division of Louis Vuitton. So. Ooh. So I've you know, and in between there for about two years, much to my mother's dismay, I worked for Fredericks of Hollywood. So I always tell people <laughs> I can sell anything. Yeah.
0: Well, there was a, a that, documentary though. about. Um, I'm oh god, I'm blanking on his name. I can picture him clear as a bell. Um, you know Jeffrey Epstein's uh, mentor in Ohio. He owned Fredericks brand for a long time. In the gap, i don't remember who I'm talking about. Mm-mm. Besides his name, I'd know instantly. But it's a small world when you get to that level. Like everybody knows everybody, everybody knows
1: everybody. Yeah, no question.
0: Retail's tough.
1: It's hard money.
0: It always has been too. I mean, it's like Marshall Field said something about advertising, because that was the single largest expense. He said, "I know half the money I spend is wasted." Now i just got to figure out which half.
1: <laughs> well, it was interesting to spend uh, the time I did in duty-free, which is primarily in airports. And it's like you went to another planet after all the time I'd spent in that business. And your business is built around employments and airline carriers and nationalities. Mm-hmm. And, you know, uh, this particular, you know, if you have a store in one terminal, it's about Europeans traveling. The terminal okay, that's LAX, yeah. Tom Bradley, 50% of it's Chinese, but you also have a chunk that's Russian and a chunk that's Japanese and a we chunk all that's have European. different
0: preferences and price points 100%, and signage. A hundred percent,
1: and staffing. You yeah. need to have a Russian speaker on the floor when the Aeroflot flight goes out and they have oh, so just you the, have the right to fragrances. Oh, so you
0: have to the... the um, staff or
1: hire and yeah. schedule and, and, and negotiate with the airport. If a new China Airlines flight comes in, please make them at the gate right across from our store because we'll do so much more in business. And yeah. by the way, you'll get another cut of this much more. So it comes down to mm. that level. It was very fun, very intricate.
0: Yeah. All relationship built very like much. That.
1: Yeah. 10, you know, bidding for the contracts, Yeah. um, so yeah, it was very fun, but it was like a different plan. I was like, wow, I never dealt with any of this uh, Disney. <laughs> or Frederick's. Yeah, I bet you did. <laughs> or Ojai. Yeah, exactly. It's
0: yeah, quite a quite a change from Ohio Probably a welcome one.
1: Yeah, it is. It was definitely if you don't come to work on Saturday, you don't know, we coming in on Sunday. <laughs> oh God. <laughs> I know. Wow. So.
0: All right. Well, anything else? You think that's uh good you covered all the covered the waterfront?
2: well i would um i would invite women to become members women who are in this community it's a wonderful organization um it is a wonderful organization to make friends to yeah. learn um to learn about philanthropy to learn about the organizations within the Ohio valley yeah. that are needed that need mm-hmm. support and i think the Ohio women's fund does a, a great job in doing that yeah. so.
0: well definitely with peggy russell and karen evenden you've got Two salient examples of mm. of phil- philanthropy in the best sense, yeah.
2: Yeah, absolutely.
0: And uh, that's good. We'll, well, thank you very
2: much. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you.
0: Hey, everyone. Thanks for listening. This is Brett Bradigan, just thinking out loud. So we barely got into... A conversation. I could have kept it going for a while, I feel. But I, I just really wanted to do this episode as an example of what's going on in Ojai. People ask all the time, What's going on in Ojai? Well, you can come to the podcast to find out, to actually have those conversations. And I hope at some point you feel like it's just people getting to know each other. Uh, and Hopefully you feel like you're part of the conversation as well, and you're always welcome to be. I especially love it when people suggest guests. I've really got no shortage of potential guests on my list, but they come from surprising places, people I wouldn't even think about. There's going to be a few of them coming up. I don't want to say too much. Uh, I do want to say too much. Typically, I do say too much, but in this case, I'm going to... Keep quiet for a little while because it's things you people you would not expect, and the conversations that go in all kinds of interesting places. It was like Polly talking about working for Doug Tompkins with Esprit and retail. We mentioned that book, a wild idea that Doug Tompkins had about linking up ecosystems in South America was his. Home base and also parts of the lowlands and the other side of Argentina what I believe would be like southwestern Brazil and these habitats and people taking their money and doing interesting things with them and on a very much smaller scale that's what's going on here in Ohio with the Women's Fund and keep your eyes and ears open, and maybe you'll be seeing some of the benefits of those grants coming to your life. Anyway, that's it. Brett Bradigan, just thinking out loud.